and welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there is to know the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, the best club in the world for that matter. I am your host, Brian Sanders. You can follow me on Twitter at KCSGE. You can also follow the show on Twitter that is at HEFPOD. Follow us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash HEFPOD. And uh, you can also drop us an email that is heyeintrachtfrankfurt at gmail.com. So, here to talk about all things Eintracht Frankfurt, we have a full house here today. Uh, in the north, we have Chris in Detroit, Michigan. What's going on? Hello. I'm doing well. How about you? You know, uh, not too bad for Thursday. Uh, some one Bundesliga club, well, two actually are going to be playing, so... Something to kind of track because we were in that same boat this time last. Well, well, the, the, at that sort of progress in UEFA land, uh, that sort of progress uh, this time last season, uh, maybe not on the calendar because uh, this is a crazy, crazy year. And uh, out east, well, sort at least to the east of me is Nathan in St. Louis. Hello, buddy. Hey, Brian, lurking in the shadows over here. But I'm ba- glad to be back. Indeed, indeed. We're glad to have you back, especially after, uh, well, let's put it this way. A little, we had, you, you were out for a little hiatus, but, you know, now we get to talk about Eintracht matches that actually matter with you. Well, really excited. <laughs> that's debatable. Except for the one that just happened. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's, yeah, just just the one Bundesliga match, so. <sighs> Eintracht Frankfurt won, Bielefeld won. Um, <laughs> look, we knew that they would be a difficult team to break down. We knew that they that really uh, continuity, the kind of team spirit was what they had going for them. It reminded me a <laughs> lot of when we first faced Union and we were like, what the hell is this? And uh, we, you know, had some difficulties with those guys as well. Um, let's put it this way. Uh, Eintracht still had the majority of possession. We maintained the, you know, we had more shots. We had, uh, more, like, we were winning more duels. We had a crap ton of corners. And we just, look, we just couldn't put it in the back of the net. And of the three genuine, you know, Pretty good opportunities for Bielefeld. They succeeded in scoring one, whilst we had, what, eight, nine, something like that. And <laughs> we could only put in one. And we also, you know, in the process of that, Silva, the goal scorer, looked like he got a little concussed. Got knocked out. Or at least yeah. his, be- his, bell- his bell was definitely rung. The question was um, what the real uh, prognosis was of that. So. I'll let you guys kind of take it away here whilst I just kind of kick the table in anger. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what. The biggest question I had coming into week one was, do we have killer instinct? Do we have, you know, you you have that push. You got that taste of blood in your mouth. Are you going to go in for a kill? And I still have that question because I didn't see at any point even though we had possession well in our favor, there was never a point where I said, at some point we're going to break through because of the way things are going. Um, our short passes and one-touch passing is a major issue. I haven't seen any of that cleaned up, and that's really what's supposed to lead to those breaks. Uh, you pass it around in the midfield, and then you push it up, and we've just failed to do that. I don't know where the disconnect is, but... I'm not pleased with a 1-1 draw. Nobody is. But I didn't see any improvement over the questions we had at the end of last season. Nathan. It's pretty succinct there, Chris. I can't disagree. Um, yeah, I, there, was a, there was a bit of time during the last season where we, had, we were dialing in that one-touch passing and moving effectively through the midfield. It was a short period of time, but it was bliss. Uh, today uh, I I was just going in expecting to see some sort of flicker of 
of us being ahead of a team like Bielefeld because of our the just because we barely had a training time this is the exact same team nearly the exact same team as last season everyone put that was on the pitch today was uh, a save for um Suber was and Barcock I suppose was familiar with this system so we shouldn't have much worry but it just seemed where we were just confused yeah that that killer instinct chris that you're talking about it, 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 what, what the hell like we can produce chances but it's just it's just that ever present feel it, that feeling that as an iTracked fan we 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 can push up the field some degree but for whatever reason we can never finish um, and it's super frustrating. And, and I think one of the questions we had was, are we the, the Costich crossing team that we were last year, or are we going to be more of the counterattack push at all costs from two years ago? And it didn't really look like either one to me. So I don't, I mean, we're every club needs time to feel out their identity but yeah. I don't even know if they know inside the locker room yet what they intend to be. Yeah, that's a good good call out. I the effectiveness of Kostic, I, he's just neutered by the by the lack of a right side option that is that is effective itself. Um, and then Dost and Silva just seem to be lost in translation with each other. Um, I, I I'm not impressed with Doss's play. Silva, I I think he's clearly got it, but um, eh. but we talked about that as a positive coming out of the cup match too. Jeez. We said, look at this yeah. new chemistry they have, right. and then it's like we went back into league play and just forgot all about it. Yeah, that's the that's the problem. I just don't. There should be some chemistry with this entire team that is lacking. And I don't know where, where that's coming from and why it exists. It's okay to have your one, one draws, even against a newly promoted club. Those things are going to happen, but you still want to see the consistent ideas of play. And it just seems like we spend 60 minutes trying to figure out what our game plan is. And then we spend the last 30 minutes trying to get an equalizer or, yeah, frantically pushing for a go-ahead goal and then we're just trying so hard that we're losing chances i mean we missed the net on 12 shots either blocked or missed wide and if we're going to be a good team if we're going to compete for europe we have to convert those against lesser competition totally one thing is there anything anything that either of you were like thought was positive about anybody on the pitch like i i thought Suber played okay. Like I, I was appreciative of seeing him and Barcock back in. Barcock has a step up from what I saw of him last year in Düsseldorf. Yeah, I was satisfied with both of them. I think they're going to need some time to figure out where they fit in, but I'm certainly comfortable with either one of them on the pitch based on what I saw out of one match at least. And here's one thing that I would like to kind of put down because, you know, they took the place of uh, kind of in the in the lineup. It looked very much that uh, Barcock and Zuber kind of t- took up the middle of the pitch. Zuber being pushed up a little further. Um, go look. We just need. I mean, it highlights what we need. Yeah, Nathan, you put it very succinctly in that. We need someone on the right side that can mirror Costich. De Costa is not exactly that. He's more—I mean, he's not a right winger. We need a winger. We need a certain Australian to get his Dutch club off their asses to finally <laughs> make that move happen. Uh, because I mean, we're not broke. I mean, there to be a—I mean. It's two million euros. That's all that they're asking. Okay, I'm getting a little, I'm getting a little <laughs> off. I'm getting a little off topic here. <laughs> Stay on it. Um, I looked at Kevin Trapp, and hmm. look, he could have stopped the goal, but you know, that was just one of those times where you know 
if it was Neuer, he probably still would miss. But got to be wondering, like, what was going on there. Because, I mean, uh, Soko was able to go down the right, you know, get in past our defenders. I mean, as you saw him making his run, you saw the opening was there, and you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, I... It's hard for me to blame trapping that because it, it's kind of a, like a look. It's almost like a PK, just an extended PK. Mm-hmm. Um, he still got to that open position, and yeah. there were breakdowns that occurred for him to get there. Right. So I'm not going to put it entirely on trap. When it's one-on-one like that, anything can happen. And he's certainly saved, his, saved our butts a, a fair share that I'm not going to put that criticism on him this week at least. Yeah. The defense seemed a little slow too. I mean, every every part of the pitch we had just inconsistency. Look, our back three is not got speed in the legs. Abraham, uh, he's slowing down. Hesaba was never an uh, out and out speedster. And Hentrager, we all know, we love him. And when he puts his head on the ball, you just you kept on thinking, oh my god, he's gonna knock in one of these corners for a goal. But we also know he's not the fastest guy that's out there. Yeah. I mean, when he was I mean, being that says to... a lot, Brian, <laughs> because uh, Abraham was clocked as our fastest player, and that's a problem for me. If the guy yeah. who's with 34, 35 is outrunning the guys that are 10 years plus younger than him, then we have some big issues. Agreed. But, hey, oh, yeah. at the end of the day. <laughs> Uh, we were able to get a goal in there. Uh, I thought Silva was good, uh, looking good for it. And Guadalupe was able to get that first goal of the season for him in the Bundesliga. Uh, look, I don't think I can paint the, this picture On any pace prettier. for 36. Yeah, exactly. And one can, <laughs> one can only hope that... Uh, Going up against Hertha Berlin, we saw them in the Pokal that uh, we can get just as lucky. Though they did look good against Werder Bremen, but I mean, Bayern, Hertha, two of the teams based on goal difference kind of in the top spots of the Bundesliga. I'm just going to say how, like, those. we'll get to it a little bit more, but I mean, I think... Hertha was uh, propped up by the fact that Bremen are so bad. Bayern's a different story because they're just that good. But, I mean, a couple teams who won at the hmm. weekend are just that bad, I think. But then again, it's, uh, <laughs> two of those teams are you know, playing this, against each other. The season's going to highlight those incom- those vast differences between clubs even more so because uh, the, the big teams bought a lot of players, bought a lot of talent. And consolidated it, and the smaller teams had to, to had to shell out like Schalke. Um, yeah, I mean, I I I think you're going to see the safety uh, relegation like total. It's usually around forty. Last year is like what is it thirty six for safety. Um, usually, if you get forty, there it's impossible to get relegated. Right, that's again. usually the bar. But last year it was. Because of the dominance of the top three, the the bar was lower. I mean, I think it was thirty six, and I, I would expect it to be even worse this year. So, um, we'll see. and I mean, it is still. I mean, we're one week into the season. Other clubs that we're competing against in the table, they are going to drop points that they shouldn't. Yeah. So I'm not ready to to totally you know uh, lose hope on this. I just hope that we use this as an opportunity to develop ourselves because we drop these points now. Okay. It happens once it'll happen twice for sure, but we can't have this pattern early in the year while the competition for us in the table, uh, like Berlin continues to put up three points. Exactly. So we're already starting to hint at certain rumors uh, Rustig to Groningen uh, is kind of a transfer saga that just continues to, you know, 
exactly that. It just is continuing because Grungan, apparently Eintracht's bid was not enough. They've been pretty firm at their price point that they're asking for. I mean... Uh, Two million, that's it? Yeah. yeah Look, I, think I mean, bo- I, I, it's one of those... If somebody's going to bite two million, then someone's going to bite. But um, I think it's just that usual Eintracht tactic of negotiating by waiting until the last minute and reducing the value just like they did with Dost. I mean, the the number reported was under a million. Uh, They want two million. That's a a big difference. It's not... As far as, you know, we're talking below 2 million, that's not a lot. But when you look at within that percentage-wise, that's a big deal. And especially for a club like theirs, I I feel like they need to be on Bravo. All the drama going back and forth there, they could easily (laughs) make a a series about it. Yeah, that GM sounds like a piece of work. Yeah, I I just keep on reminding... Harkening back to the story of Luis Suarez, he he got he got his move from Uruguay to Holland, and they I mean they did exceptionally well with him, uh, participating in Europe uh, with him. But he was only there for one season, and then Ajax put in like I think it was an eight million dollar bid, and they said no, we're not going to do that. And Luis Suarez kind of threw a pity party. And eventually got his move. For, I think it ended up being 11, 12 million uh, to Ajax before he made his move to Liverpool and subsequently to Barcelona, of which we have no idea where he'll be next. But it's just kind of a kind of highlighting the fact that uh, Grunigan, uh they want money. Uh, they yeah. have a very expensive salary suddenly uh, that they're saddled with. And Arjen Robin, who has returned back to his former club after an entire season away. So, I mean, who even knows uh, what's going to happen there? He at least made an appearance in the in the season opener. But I think we kind of... You know, there is an easy solution to get him here. Um, there were rumors a week mm-hmm. ago about Bastos to Tottenham. Um, yeah. If you, if you want to give Ragnar Auchi a, a look... And I mean, it's more than a look, I guess you'd have to, to give him the slot. But mm-hmm. if we sold Dost and used that money immediately, turn that around for a Rustich, there that's an option. Yeah, true. Totally. But we would have to make sure that we lock in the Rustich price and then get uh, the Dost move. Cause you know, once we got the Jovic and Alea transfers Everyone knew that we had some spare change rummaging around. So Augsburg very much played hardball with us when it came to getting Hinteregger moved on to permanency. So we need to make sure that uh, if, if if that if those kind of reactions did happen, that you got to make sure that the move for Rustich is like cemented at that price, and that the price doesn't go up just because of circumstances changing. Yeah. I mean the other true. the other factor of Rustich. We can we can debate back and forth about whether or not the squad right now is effective. I I think we can all we probably all agree that to some degree it isn't. Um but he's free in January. <laughs> so how much is that value of you of transferring their stated two million dollars really worth to us? It could be worth a and lot. He did already but, make that threat to them too. Right. It's it it's it's very drama laden, just like um, other rumors that we've been that we may speak about. Oh um, yeah, we, do we want to get do we want to get into the real drama? I don't know if we want to put too much of a too uh, dissected too much, considering it's pretty much DOA now yeah. uh, as it is. That was, but it was fun to see how much it started trending on Twitter. And everything <laughs> Talk else. about Bravo! It was the most exciting <laughs> part of the week. <laughs> it was. Uh, we're talking Luka Jovic, uh, Rubens return to the Eintracht. There was no way with this new salary that we were even going to be able to afford a pinch of that, and that's what Real Madrid's trying to do is to offload him because their coach is looking at me. He's like, "Nope, don't want him. Chuck him." He never. He never did 
he's always been outspoken about his distaste for Luka Jovic. <laughs> yeah, him and Bale both. But the thing uh, is, but he was the one that requested Jovic, wasn't he? I think that was a management decision, not necessarily. Which you got to remember. So, and um, I believe that was between his between his um, uh, stints at Real Madrid, and okay. so he wasn't involved in the Jovic decision. But at any rate, I mean, it's totally rose-colored glasses for Eintracht fans. Everyone's just putting them on and saying, oh, yeah, let's get Jovic back <laughs> at whatever cost. It was fun to trend on Twitter for something good for once. Yeah, that's true. We needed a, something fun to talk about after a match that we didn't really want to talk about. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I usually divorce myself of any context of those discussions in my little cave in my house that I never leave. Um, that's a good point, Chris. Indeed. Um, let's go to the third rumor. The one that I think is actually the most dangerous to Eintracht. Uh, Kevin Trapp has been very vociferous about the fact that he wants to play in Europe. Um, the Eintracht is no longer participating in Europe. Another club is because uh, the way that the league all season finished, uh, they were uh, once oh you did the average points, uh, they finished in third. Now uh, I'm talking about Stadlin. Uh, <clears throat> this is a team who doesn't who whilst they don't have a lot of history of winning cups. Um, in for our American listeners, this is where Carlos Bocanegra used to play and Peter Cech. Uh, as well was right there. Um, let's see, Asimov Jan, uh, Alexander Fry. Those are just kind of the guys that I had written down that uh, that and these and these guys have never really won like anything minus uh, uh, three uh, French Cup titles. But the thing <coughs> is, who is at the top, and that's usually kind of what moves things. So. It's the Penault family of France. Um, they're like one of the richest people, like richest families, richest companies in France. They're involved in everything from art, insurance, media. I mean, they're. I think they have nearly 30% stake in Puma. And they've been quietly funding this team to move up the ranks of the, uh, the league on table and what is more uh, worrying is the fact that they are in the Champions League. Uh, all three French teams move into the group phase. And so he KT basically can be told, hey, these guys got money to pay you. Oh, yeah, uh, they're also going to be playing in the Champions League. Not the Europa League, the Champions League. And, it's not, and these guys got money to burn if they want to. And they look at uh, KT as someone who is definitely – a person that they want to have involved with their team. It's a little worrisome, but I'll throw it out to you guys. Where, how, where do you think this uh, ends? Because we've got some time left of the, tra- the quote, summer transfer window. Mm. Everyone loves Kevin Trapp. <laughs> my, my partner, Allison, she's she always likes to see him start because... Uh, he's, he's a looker apparently. (laughs) Um, I mean, at any rate, he's, he's the number one. He's going to be the number one anytime he's in Frankfurt and it's, he, he, we have sentimental attachment to him. Um, but in this Corona period of time, um, money speaks louder than it normally does. Uh, we have to make sure that we're afloat. Uh, that the money that we got two or three years ago from all these big transfers, it's not as big anymore. It it is being used in different manners than perhaps they wanted it to be. So we have to entertain these ideas. We have to entertain the, these offers. It's the only way we're going to float past. Now, now that said, like is Frederick Renault like available? Uh, we know he's I good think, enough. I think he's capable, but. Um, it, it, you, you, there was some talk about him moving to Denmark or something or something about his, his ability to play for the club right now, but 
I think he's capable so, of being a number one. I think that's why we got him in the first place. But then Kevin mm-hmm. Trapp uh, could was available at PSG to to move. So uh, I'm a I don't have big a, a really big fish in this. I I don't have a sentimental attachment to Trapp as other people do. So if he moved and we made a little bit of scratch, then I think we'd be okay and we'd float and we'd we can still be competitive in the Bundesliga without him. Chris, I know you have yeah. been big on Ronald for a very, very long time, and you just felt that that Super Cup basically just killed everyone's opinion on him. Um, should we consider this KT rumors to be true and just be like, you know what, Ronald, get ready. You're 28. It's time to um, uh, put up or shut up. I mean, I, I'm very scary over the I, fact that you know who's going to be our backup if KT leaves. It's Viedvald. but yeah, that's we know at least Rono that he's that he's a solid. He is a capable one in the Bundesliga. Uh, the question of of his capability is only because of the <laughs> limited opportunity that he's had uh, from Chris in Detroit. But- you're right. I mean, the the big fear is that Runov would get injured, right? So mm-hmm. then we'd be and he left. On What's that? And he has on a couple of occasions. Remember, we actually had to right, play right. Viedvald. Like Kevin Drop was out for a very long, extended period of time. Yeah. Uh, Runov, he got a pretty strong run of games, and some people were like, "Holy shit! What were we worried about? KT going down? This guy's awesome." <laughs> then he got hurt, and then we're like, "Oh fuck, Viedvald." Yeah, but going back to yeah, trap, we he we're he's sort of earned the right to call a shot a out. keeper uh, replacement. It's always been a worry of mine that Runov would just like be very frustrated with the club and ask for a transfer, and we'd be in a rock in a hard fall. place, anyways. So I I'm always surprised that we haven't been entertaining more uh, d- uh, dudes that are. Uh, have a better relationship with the Bundesliga or our German and could, could come up, you know, we've, we've discussed, uh, former Nuremberg goalies. Uh, who was it last year that everyone was high on that? I was like, man, we should sweep him up. I can't remember. Uh, God, uh, it'll come back to me at a terrible time. At any rate, we are, we're lacking back there. If, if trap leaves. Yes. Yeah. But Kevin trap has earned the right, over the years and everything he's done for us to leave if he wants, but it can't be one of those. I'm going to leave. I'm going to come back later things. We really need to start planning that next step, even beyond run out too, of where we're going to be three or four years from now. Are we right. going to develop somebody? Are we going to sign a long-term number one? I don't know. One can only one can only assume that uh, there's a, there's got to be someone in the pipeline. There's got to be some kid, you know, in the under 19s who is just like, no, 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 yes, yes, yes. Put Viedvald in, like, have Ronald get hurt. Viedvald goes in as backup. You freak out, and then you just say, screw it. We'll just give this kid a shot, and then the kid turns out to be uh, absolutely amazing. I mean, that's. I just hope that we've had got. Uh, a netminder, you know, in back. I mean, I it uh, it makes me very anxious thinking about the fact that that's yeah. one of the parts that you know, with holding on to Vidal as long as we have that, you know, we don't have that, you know, like that next keeper who's going to be taking over. Uh, that next Oka Nikolov. You know, waiting in the wings is just like, no, don't worry. I got you. Coming out through the Eintracht system, you know, and ready to rock and roll once you guys are ready to uh, give me a run out. But, yeah. Yeah, we need we need some more pipeline there. And I, I we just don't know what we don't know with uh, with those scouting out, you know, prospects. Indeed. All right, uh, let's wrap up the rumors segment with hashtag what are we drinking, gentlemen. Uh, uh, each of you guys loves this segment, and so what do you got for us? 
Well, I am. <laughs> go, go ahead, ahead Chris. <laughs> All right. I am on uh, some Rocknar Minnesota rye whiskey from way, way up Minnesota, right mm. near the border. Mm. Love a good rye whiskey. Oof. Small pour. Small pour today. <laughs> Might become a second pour uh, a little bit lighter. <laughs> exactly. What do you got? I'm, I'm still working and need a functioning brain uh and i wouldn't want just one little drink of whiskey so i'm on the coffee there you go there you go but what, what you are got, you Brian? brewing whiskey goes brewing great though? with coffee <laughs> <laughs> so so i'm told i don't want to join those two two uh together because they might end me <laughs> What are you, I'm brewing. What are you brewing I, I'm that? done brewing for the year. I brewed oh. a Meritson a couple of months ago in Ju- July, and so I've got ten gallons of that. Um, tastes pretty good. It's not my not the best, but it's are still Meritson. Was better. It. I, I don't know. Again, rose tinted glasses. <laughs> <laughs> I have beer. It tastes good. That's how, that's how there I'll put. That. There you go. All right, so Oktoberfest for 2021 is going to be at Nathan's place in uh, St. Louis, and we're all <laughs> going to do a live recording as we do our own in, in Oktoberfest celebration. We'll do uh, – we'll have to figure out on who's going to tap the keg. Maybe we can get some of the New York listeners to uh, to come on over. That'd be, that'd be, that'd be pretty awesome if Kai uh, – you know, the international representative to Eintracht, you know, for fan clubs, if he's able to tap the keg for us. That would be a pretty fun uh, deal. Just saying. We've got plenty He's got to bring the keg that can be violently tapped, though. <laughs> <laughs> With the big mallet, all, right. all the works. Oh, yeah. So um, I am drinking, well, uh, going to be drinking, uh, the uh, Bounce 47, so that is the Oktoberfest uh, brew from Boulevard Brewing Company, uh, the biggest uh, brewing company kind of uh, in my region. And it, the they're usually really good with their Marzins. Uh, have a really good consistency uh, year to year. Uh, last week I talked about how Line and Kugel, uh, they were absolutely, have been totally hit and miss. One year it will be pretty good. The other year you'll just want to pour it down the drain. And some other people will probably say, no, that's blasphemy. And I'll just say, no, sometimes you just <laughs> get it wrong. <laughs> but yeah, Bonsford so um it's a pretty solid uh, Marzen. Can't really say much more than that. So uh, that wraps up hashtag what are we drinking. We'll be back for segment two where we're talking about news about more fans coming to the stands. Uh, a look at the Bundesliga itself after one match day. Only 33 more to go. And Eintracht versus Hertha. So stay with. <laughs> Eintracht Frankfurt now uh, going to be letting in 8,000 fans after a lovely 6,500-person trial as we're back for segment two of Hey Eintracht Frankfurt. This, uh, whilst just 1,500 more fans, it did seem, based on the uh, based on the viewing, that the fans, they distanced themselves correctly. You saw that all over the Bundesliga, uh, except for Munich, obviously, because the mayor said no-go on that. Not that the board of directors uh, paid attention to social distancing rules, because apparently those do not apply. Uh, I see this as a positive thing, even considering the fact that um, around the world, uh, it's getting, the darkness is returning. Yeah. Yeah, I have a feeling this isn't going to last too long with the fans at least increasing. But if uh, we trust them enough and they trust their systems enough, you know, I don't know if I would be going if I had the chance. I say that because I'm thousands of miles away, but I think if given the chance, I probably would. But and got I a just kid. hope everyone's safe. A wife and kid also <laughs> weigh on the decision making, I think. <laughs> 
That is true. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I One thing I appreciate, uh, while I was in the one time I went to Germany, I was on a train back to the small town I was staying in from Frankfurt, and I had my feet up on the seat next to me, <laughs> and I got yelled at by this old German man. I couldn't understand a word he said, <laughs> but I knew what he was saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh so i mean maybe it's the midwest culture in me maybe the east coast west coast is a little different here but um what i read about what i'm getting at and what i read about about the game is that there were there were a lot of signs in the stadium saying like if you see somebody not wearing a mask basically yell at them <laughs> ask them to put their mask on um and there seemed to be a lot of culture around making sure that everyone was safe so whether or not that is true or false, that people are safe, it's like I, I find comfort in the fact that there's at least a culture of being safe in that stadium. So upping it to 8,000, while I, I guess, like you guys were saying, I don't think I would go, but um, hopefully people are staying safe while they're capable of being in the stadium and watching the games. I appreciated the, the fans being in the stadium. It was really nice. And I expected them to be a lot more muted than than they were. There was a lot of chanting and crowd getting into it that I appreciated. Yeah, I do think it's good to their regional approach, the way that the government operates in Germany. Uh, you know, it's not the league is not making the call. It's a local thing, and the fact mm -hmm. that that the city of Munich and the state of Bavaria didn't like what they saw, they took appropriate steps. It's, it is better safe than sorry. Yeah, there's yeah. um, uh, the Christian Schiffer, the CEO of the Bundesliga, did say this, and I think it does ring true that you know each match day is a test. Like we need to like, if we want to be back in the stands, we need to show that you know we can make this work. We need to show that the like. You know what? The fans will behave in a manner that will allow them to return back to the stands. You know what? I'd like to hope that by, oh, uh, really, let's be totally honest, like the first seven team, the first half of the season, you know, it's not going to be full stadiums. But, you know, if we uh, as Eintracht fans can show ourselves with good, hard and discipline, to make sure that this can be a safe environment. I don't see why, you know, as, you know, they increase by 1,500 fans, perhaps, you know, we'll have something like 9,500 for uh, the third home match. Maybe we'll be up to 11,000 by the fourth. Maybe it increases by about 1,500 for each and every single game as, you know, you're not hearing about anyone who went to the stadium and came out and then, you know, within the next week that they've tested positive, you know, if they keep on uh, showing that this can be accomplished, who's to say that the stadium won't be full, that the ultras won't be there and that the team won't be shellacking Bayern five, one again. <laughs> <laughs> it's Rose Forever the optimist, blasts. man. <laughs> oh, that match. Uh, anyways. Um, so, Next topic that we had on the docket really was, uh, well, I guess uh, the Eintracht Final will be back in action this weekend, and uh, I'll be putting out a link to uh, where you can watch that. But the Eintracht uh, versus Hoffenheim match for the Frauen. Remember, Eintracht, uh, two matches played, two wins. Um, as of right now, they're going to their normal home. It's not going to be played at the Waldstadion. They're taking on Hoffenheim at home on Sunday. And uh, there will be a link from Sports Show and my Gentest Sport will also be cool. showing that. So uh, there will be opportunities for us to watch the women score yet a Hell third yeah. victory because, you know, on top three Champions League, we got this. We got this. Good start. Exactly. Yeah. Um, speaking of good starts and bad starts <laughs> on the reciprocal, um, so Bayern Munich playing in the UEFA Super Cup. Uh, today, as we record, they um, opened up the Bundesliga and opened up a can of whoop-ass on uh, Scheiser, Nofio, Schalke, Nofio, or should it be Null Oct, 
at this point in time. <laughs> there are three Eintrick players who were on the pitch for uh, for Schalke, and they were just awful as a team. I I'm just kind of like Paciencia. What the fuck were you thinking? What made you honestly think that this was a good move for you? I could have, you know. We uh, Mascarell is now the current captain of Schalke. He's got to be thinking, damn it, why the fuck did I leave? Um, <laughs> Ojika has got to be thinking, oh, for fuck's sake, you know, I missed out on the cup and now I'm here. I mean, ooh, that was, that was, that was bad. And shit, if you even. He's the only one who has an excuse. Yeah. I mean, you even got. I can't remember who was in goal for them, but was it Ralph Famon? Because he's a f- another former Eintracht player. On they had nobody in goal. Didn't you see the score? <laughs> <laughs> it was it was that bad. I mean, I've n- look. We kicked the crap out of Bayern, but even then, we didn't pump eight past them. That was that was like that. Uh, what's that movie? Uh, a Christmas Story. Where the you know uh, the little kid finally loses his shit and starts kicking the crap out of the bully <laughs> and starts swearing up and down just just <laughs> laying into him. The thing is, Byron is the big bully who was just doing the total opposite and just kicking the living shit out of him. And I felt bad for Shaka, but I also was thinking in my head, you guys are so screwed. So many of your guys, so, there are many guys on that team that are on way more money than they should. The team yeah. is just in absolute shambles. I mean, and yes, Feynman. I did have to go back and check. Feynman was in the uh, starting 11 for Schalke. I mean, it's everything about it is crap. They None of the guys that they sent out on loan uh, were taken up. I'm talking about Mark Uth, who was sent out on loan. Sebastian Rudy, who was sent out on loan. Those guys... Uh, those guys and uh, Nabo Bentaleb, all these guys that they sent out on loan to try, hopefully get rid of them. Guess what? They all showed back up, and they're all on the books of the team. And they looked like that. I'm now amending my prediction with Schalke that unless an amazing turnaround happens, uh, they're going to be bottom. Just saying. Oh yeah, and uh, Ver- I don't Ver- think they're going to be it's a, that bad. I don't. Well, they played Verde Bremen uh, this week, and Verde Bremen mm-hmm. looked bad against Hertha, but they at least showed some life. And if just saying, look, if I honestly think that Verde Bremen is going to beat Schalke, and if that I don't think Schalke will figure some bad. stuff out. It's going to happen. No, no, no. I'm, I'm saying it's going to happen. For the Bremen's going to get a draw or a win, and everything's just going to start crumbling. Schalke will then think, oh, we need to fire the manager. Oh, we have no money to pay him off with. Who are we going to bring in uh, to coach the team? Uh, they, they've, got, they've got nothing. Like, all that they can do is just survive this Bundesliga season. Otherwise, everything's going to – the house of cards is just going to collapse. Yeah, uh, they have some problems, but I, I don't think uh, evaluating them based on their play against Bayern, um, especially in their dire straits, um, with all the turnover that they've had, is is effective in seeing where they'll lay, play in the. I don't think they're going to get relegated personally, but. I, I, they'll, I think they'll be mid-table, honestly. I think, I think they'll find some sort of consistency. They have enough talent on that team to, to weather the storm. Now, whether or not they have the finances to full, like, it, I just, I hope that they're around at the end of the season. I'm not the, their biggest fan, but they've got some financial problems. And if we go on lockdown again, I don't know if a, t- a club like Schalke can, can, can exist. I mean, it's, it's, pretty scary for them I think is is in their fan base um, but I, I think that they can compete and I think that they'll find their legs um, as for Werder Bremen I also I think that they'll also be much better than they were last year you mentioned Schalke in that and you're you're absolutely right um, I think the, on the other side of that match looking at Bayern that 
they there were a lot of questions about them only having a week and a half off. Was it going to be a struggle for them? They look like they're in midseason form. Um, I don't know necessarily if you, if I want to jump down Shelka's neck for getting blown out. I think once it gets three, four, five, nothing, and you're a club already struggling with confidence in so many areas, things mm-hmm. just pile on. So I think if that match is played six weeks from now, you know, it, it may not be as bad as it looked there. Um, certainly they're bad. I don't know if they're that bad yet. <laughs> well, there's all, they've got time on their side in terms of uh, opportunities yeah. to prove how bad that they are. Uh, it's not just, a great I, place to start your goal differential, that's for sure. Agreed. And I just feel bad for the <laughs> American kid who literally just got signed for them. Like, uh, like just in, I think it was like 2017, but he couldn't make his move until he didn't make his move until later. Uh, oh, what was that kid? Uh, Nick Taitaug. So they got another American there. They got rid of Weston McKinney. I just feel bad for the kid because I'm like, you know what? You're just going to want to get the hell out of there. It's a mess. Shalka is just always a mess, though. Yes, they are, but they are financially not usually this messy, and they they usually are like a farm for good talent. So, yeah, it just sucks for folks that have – yeah, like that kid. It's – it's, it's tough on the life. financial front, but that doesn't excuse bad play. True. And yeah. that's what, what has to be a distinguishing uh, factor in all this. For all the trouble you have with the checkbook, that doesn't excuse losing 8 to nothing. You still have players on that team that are, are worthy of playing in the Bundesliga, and you can't excuse 8-0. Totally. Agreed. All right. Um... In terms of other Bundesliga action, obviously we kind of mentioned how bad that uh, Schalke did against Bayern. Uh, Befo Bay looked really good in uh, their opener against Gladbach. And we all know that Gladbach's a pretty good team, so it's more the fact that, you know, Holland did his thing. Uh, they got so many guys who are under 21. Shoot, so many guys who are still quote, teenagers who are doing good. And, yes, I'm also including the American Gio Reyna in this. Bayfo Bay, look, they're a bunch of young kids, and when they're young and confident and got no worries, you know, they can pull off amazing things, and they look spectacular at the weekend. I just am glad that the Eintracht doesn't play them next. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I picked them at the start, and I knew they had a tough opener, but – I think their youth might be an asset to them. A lot of times it's it's a detriment, but if there's a club that knows how to play with young players, it's certainly them. And uh, Reyna, I'm really high on him. I hadn't seen much of him, but uh, watching him, I think he's going to be definitely a contributing factor in their success. Anything you want to add, Nathan? No, <laughs> pretty much on board there. Yeah, um, really at the weekend. It was not any kind of results that he, that kind of threw anyone's uh, for a loop. I mean, Leverkusen did Lever, uh, uh, Leverkusen things versus Wolfsburg in the mo- most boring match that people were looking at on the schedule and ended up being a nil-nil. <laughs> Freiburg-Stuttgart was actually kind of interesting uh, with the kind of back-and-forth nature. Uh, Stuttgart was down uh, after 48 minutes, 3-0, and then they pinged two goals back in the 71st and 81st minute. All right, that got that kind of things lively. Hoffenheim got a stupid late uh, third goal from Cranbridge to beat Cone. So maybe Hoffenheim. So long. Hoffenheim can only go so far as Cranbridge is scoring. So, but um. I think it's time for us to look at uh, Hertha Berlin for Bremen 1. We talked about how Bremen, you know, just kind of rough start to them. But Hertha's next, guys, Friday, yeah. uh, live on ESPN Plus uh, and other territories that are going to be shown in an English language. That is KO Sports and BN Sports Connect in Australia. 
D-A-Z-N in Austria. You've got uh, Flow, the Flow Sports app through the Caribbean nations. Sportsnet World Now and Sportsnet Now, Sportsnet World in Canada. As I mentioned, ESPN Plus for us uh, Americans. D-A-Z-N in Germany and BT Sport in the Brit- and the two British Isles. Yes, I'm lumping you guys together. Um, I'm kind of excited, guys, uh, about this one because this is a team that is going to be not like uh, Bielefeld who will want to sit back and let us kind of figure out what we want to do. This is a team that will want to take it uh, to us. And, you know, they looked good against Bremen, but I put that down to the fact that I don't think that Bremen was really prepared. And Hertha was more so, and this is going this is gonna be a good match. I think this will be a real test for us. You know, and I kind of and I always circle this as the kind of one of the first matches that will dictate where the Eintracht goes for the rest of the season. But also, thankfully, uh, it does get out of the way. Uh, does get Hertha Berlin away from home out of the way. So we've gotten some good results there in past seasons and this well let's be honest this hurt the team's a little bit different than it was in past seasons um labadiev we know him uh he's kind of it doesn't exactly play the most sexy style but he and hertha are totally beatable there is no bigger diva in the Bundesliga, besides us, than Hertha Berlin, um, True. allowing five goals in their Pokal, their Pokal <laughs> loss, and then scoring four, but against a bottom dweller, they don't know who they are any more than we do ourselves. Um, but they do know how to score goals. Having two and eight matches is certainly saying a lot more than we can say. Uh, so. Yeah, uh, they have questions. We have questions, but I think we'll see a lot of offense from both sides. We're desperate to score. They know how to score. I think right. they, it could be a lot of fireworks. I mean, if Silva, Dost, Kamada, if that trio can get going, I mean, who Berlin's going to be shaking because we already saw how beautiful that goal was uh, during the Corona Pals. I mean, that was unbelievable as we thrashed her that time around yeah yeah <laughs> let's hope for that today tomorrow yeah it's uh it's it's gonna be a tough one i kind of look at the way right. that they uh set up against bremen and i just put it down honestly to the fact that bremen is still bremen and they will screw up a lot and I look at playing against a team like Hertha and the fact that, yeah, they are just as much of a diva as we are. But you know what? When it does come to playing Dietracht, they don't, they don't usually uh, do well. They don't usually uh, set up shop. They don't usually keep us from uh, scoring goals. Even, on bad, even in bad seasons, we're able to pop a few goals in there. Uh, what was it? Mm-hmm. Uh, the 2016-2017 season, we had that uh, late equalizer when we were still trying to find out what the heck kind of team that we are. They're not really good at you know on the defensive side. They they give up lead. They have been proven that uh, when it comes to guys who are you know good on the wing, i.e. Costage. Uh, they don't really know what the heck to do with them on the defensive side, so I think Kostic is going to be the key to success this time around. And if Dost then uh, deflects a header to Silva to put it in, yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be in good stead. So that being said, guys, are we ready for our predictions? Let's do it. Sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to do it first? No one wants to be wrong. First. <laughs> all right. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of goals scored. Oh, that happens from time to time. Um, Nathan, uh, go for it. Well, there seemingly 
a usually empty stadium will be even more empty tomorrow, right? That is true. Yes. <laughs> so that'll that'll be good for us. I I I think it'll be a a high scoring thing. I, I think that there. I mean, this will be pretty open game in my opinion. It'll be back and forth and pretty exciting to watch. So I'm gonna go with a three two. Uh, victory for the Eintracht. First victory. You stole my thunder. <laughs> Ooh. All right, Chris. We gotta you? Come on. I mean, you can say the same result. <laughs> I, I am. I am. It's in my notes here. 3-2 with a late header off a corner. Um, someone from the back line. I don't know who. Abraham. I don't know. Somebody. I see me. Yeah, that's that's one guy who I don't think is gonna look. The only way he's gonna score off of the corner is if the ball is headed to the top of the box and he whacks it in, kind of like he did <laughs> in that uh, that equalizer that we had uh, in the relegation survival season versus Darmstadt away. I don't know if anyone can remember that. That was that was a sweet oh, one. Yeah. Oh. oh, the days of your the the <laughs> um. <laughs> You know, you guys are both talking about getting three points. I think that the Eintracht's only got one point uh, available to grab against Hertha. I think, like you guys, that this is going to be an attacking game. I don't think that uh, we'll keep the ball out of the net. I also think we'll put the ball in the net. I do think it's going to end up being a 2-2 scoreline uh, on this one mm. because it's... I know someone will probably say, no, you're staying on the fence. Okay, yes, I am, but, you know... That's that's just what I'm feeling. Uh, we do get draws against these guys. We do get high-scoring draws against these guys. And mm-hmm. I don't see why it's not the case again. So, Yeah, their, their attack scares me. So <laughs> hopefully you can keep that tamped down. Yeah, but they don't have the St. The, the Louis-raised uh, Bosnian anymore. So <laughs> <laughs> That poor guy. Uh, yeah, Ibisevic, you know... Come to Major League Soccer. Know that St. Louis is going to be starting up in just a couple years' time. Just come over now. Get out of Schalke while you still can. <laughs> Hit that eject button. Yeah. Go somewhere. Go somewhere indeed. All right, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Hey, Eintracht Frankfurt. Guys, did you know how many episodes we've done of this podcast? This is episode 138. That's a awesome. lot, man. Brian, you're on every one, right? Not everyone. There's been a couple that you and Roman. Uh, there's been a couple you and Roman ones uh, in All there right. as well. So, but yeah, marathon man. <sighs> Eventually, I'm gonna want to take a holiday. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> and one of these times, it's gonna be a bad game that I'm gonna choose to stay away from, and it's probably also <laughs> and probably gonna have like two like two games that I miss. It's probably gonna be a high scoring win and a humbling loss because uh, there is no in between with dying tract so ways you can get mm-hmm. in contact with the podcast you can email the podcast that is hey eintrachtfreefriend at gmail.com follow us on facebook that's facebook.com slash he at pod for all the latest news and information videos on the eintracht frankfurt in the english language can be found at all one spot and of course you can uh tweet the podcast that is at hef pod on twitter and also notice that our discord uh link is there in the twitter profile so you can join in on all that fun in the discord that being said guys uh chris where can we find you in social media i'm on twitter at c in the d 313 and uh same name on discord oh there you go nathan you can find me on Twitter or Discord, I guess, too, uh, at N-A-J-A-K-W-A. All righty. And you can also follow me. Uh, find me in the Discord. I'm always in there. I seem to never. I seem to always ask some of the questions that everyone then thinks about and doesn't follow up with and also <laughs> join in the conversations late to uh, new transfer news that's broken because I've already placed it up on our Facebook site. So, uh, you know. No, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at KCSGE. And, uh, 
yeah, from all of us here at Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, thanks for listening to us. Uh, share us with uh, all your fellow Frankfurt fans. And until next time, tschüss. 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 Hey, Frankfurt,